Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the financial and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, Kelly Zaytunian, DVM, MBA, talks about her experience with alternative work schedules for equine veterinarians. Dr. Zaytunian is the owner of Starwood Equine Veterinary Services and Starwood Veterinary Consulting in California. Dr. Zaytunian serves on the board of directors of the Northern California Association of Equine Practitioners. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Welcome, Dr. Zaytunian. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be back. We are so happy that you're here today, and I want to start with with a quote that you gave in a care credit roundtable last year. You said, I like seeing that practices are setting boundaries and we don't have to fall into that six-day work week where you work till you drop. So I want to know, how have you created a successful multi-doctor equine practice that doesn't require every vet to be available 24-7-365. Well, thank, thanks for um, the opportunity. I started off the practice and, and really sort of fell into um, the concept from a different direction um, in, in establishing this more sustainable model. Um, I was a solo practitioner and was on the fence about hiring additional help, felt like I needed it, but wasn't sure if I could afford it and um, happened to you know get a resume in the mail, somebody interested in working part time. And it, it fell into place and was a beautiful relationship because I didn't have to buy a bunch of new equipment. I had somebody that could share in the case management, appointment schedule and emergency coverage and um, remained small enough and communication was great between the two of us where we could continue taking care of clients in a really um, positive and productive manner, but not have to do it all alone. And um, it's been wonderful and I've been lucky enough to expand on that and uh, establish a growth in the practice that's still honored that balance that we could find when we initially started. So we are a six doctor practice, but it is a mix of four doctors who work four days a week and two doctors who work one or two days a week. We all get together on a bi-weekly basis to talk about cases and to touch base on any concerns that we have. We're there for each other when we need help. Um, And we're also there for each other and making sure that when it's our day off, we honor that. Um, We don't chime in on cases. We let other people manage those horses that we were previously seeing and vice versa. When we we know somebody's off, we we give them that day and we know that we can connect with them um, when they're back in the office. Well, I know a big part of the issues of either either hiring or maintaining, retaining uh, associates in equine practices, emergency duty. How do you handle in your practice emergency duty? It sure is. It's one of the top five reasons where we either can't attract veterinarians to the equine industry or they leave because it just becomes too much. Uh, And one of the ways that we do it is by having this 
you know, sort of four day work week, two day work week and, and three doctors at each of our two locations, it means that three doctors are sharing in the emergency coverage and, um, you know, kind of spreading, spreading that duty uh, amongst us. So, you know, rather than one person having to cover 100% of the time, which right now the numbers are about 38% of equine practitioners are working and covering 100% of emergency duty. That just isn't a great way to balance work and life. And so we, we shared amongst the three, three doctors per location. Well, that's, that's really great. And I have to ask, how did you, how did you find veterinarians who want to work just two, three, four days a week? <laughs> like I said, I, I lucked into the first one and that's really um, what got the whole model started and realizing that it, it could really work. Um, it's not hard attracting veterinarians who want to work that four day work week or a part time uh, approach. Um, as a matter of fact, they're uh, in the survey of respondents who left the equine uh, practice. 10% of them said it was their inability to work part-time that they left and went into a small animal or other parts of the vet world. Um, so the four-day work week is a really great um, and easy sell for the person who wants to work, you know, full-time. We, we consider that a full-time job. By the time you see cases four days a week and get all your callbacks and medical records and everything done, and for the individuals working, you know, one or two days a week, one of them, as I said, was looking for an opportunity to do part-time small animal, part-time equine. Her passion is equine, but um, the small animal allows her to have a bit more flexibility with child care. Uh-huh. And, and the other uh, was actually wanting to leave the equine world. She was a solo practitioner and on call 100% of the time by herself. And it's just not a great way to live. And so it was an opportunity for her to join our two doctor team grow so that they could again share, share the love of the emergency coverage. And it allows her to continue getting her, you know, getting out to the barn, getting her hands a little bit dirty and um, seeing some of those clients that she brought on to our team while also uh, honoring her work and family commitments outside of the horse world. And when you say a four-day work week, you're you're talking how many hours a day? We typically schedule um, seven to eight hours a day. So it's it's the same. We don't have, you know, 10-day work days. So Theoretically, the doctors are working less than 40 hours seeing appointments, but then we factor in and we realize that it's one thing to say, you know, it's an eight hour day, but it never is in that medicine because you're on call for two of those weeknights and, you know, the phone might keep ringing until 10 or 11 at night. So so schedule for appointments, seven to eight hours on those four days, and then emergency coverage, two of those days. Okay. And what about, I know one of the other issues that some of the vet students have said that makes them hesitant to come into equine are the physical demands. Because face it, we 
you know, working with large animals in equines is, is not as safe as it is maybe working with, you know, a, a chihuahua. Although I know horses are <laughs> around than chihuahuas, but... Yeah, I I think I'd be more comfortable with an unruly horse than an unruly dog or cat. But that's just a personal experience thing, I think. Um, As far as safety goes, it's absolutely true. And I think um, there's only so much that you can do to handle what might happen with the horse, right? We always have to remember that they are... 10 times our size and flight animals and anything could happen. Um, but one of the you know great things I think about this model and not burning the associates or myself out is we show up to work fresh and ready to work. Um, we aren't just completely mentally and physically exhausted most days. Um, there's always those one or two. Um, But we, you know, we're not running so hard that we skip steps for safety or we just are not mentally aware and acute. Um, So I think that's one benefit of that shorter work week. The other is that we lean heavily on and highly value our technical support. So the doctors all have a veterinary assistant or a veterinary technician with them. And that makes a world of difference in making sure that we stay safe. It also has the added benefit of just being somebody to share in your day, to make sure you bill for those medications that you have dispensed, um, to do some of the follow-up calls, all of those things. So we really, I, I can't say it enough, leaning on our technicians and valuing what they bring to our workday is huge. Yeah, that's that's become kind of a battle cry among some of the the folks who are and you are an MBA. You're in you are deeply involved in the business side of your practice and making those uh, efficiencies better by using your techs has really been a battle cry in the last year. Absolutely. And I think it's about time, right? Why why not lean on and ask for help and work with well-trained individuals whose primary job and focus is to keep us safe and to make our lives, our work lives easier. Um, There are great numbers from the AVMA AAP economic report that show that veterinarians who have uh, added support team members actually earn higher salaries. And that just makes sense because we are spending more of our time focusing on those revenue producing appointments and hours in the day and not on more of the managerial or um, inefficient types of things, processing lab work, packing the truck, all of those items that we can get the help from somebody, um, somebody else who's an assistant to us. Well, and that leads right into something else that you had uh, said was important in in this type of practice is debt income disparity. Absolutely. We sat through a number of presentations at AAP this past um, winter in Nashville, and 
the difference in graduating salaries amongst small animal students versus large animal students is staggering. Uh, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but it is upwards of twenty to thirty thousand a difference per year in starting salaries, and maybe even more so um, when they looked at some of the female equine graduating veterinarians who were earning around fifty three or fifty five thousand dollars compared to their male counterparts earning seventy five thousand dollars compared to their small animal counterparts earning more than that. So how do we expect these students to come in and make a living and get, you know, any sort of life outside of just being encumbered by their debt if we are unable to work efficiently enough and provide them with the support that they need to go out and start building revenue and, and earning income so that we as practice owners can pay them appropriately. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. You know, one of the, again, talking about the students and and reasons that people leave practice, the long hours, which you've talked about a little bit already, but how how do these people maybe who have been in other practices that come in and and realize that you have set boundaries and you have set a, a really a practice culture that allows them to have a balance, that they work hard, they have lots of things to do. But they also, it's not an all-encompassing, you know, of everything they do 24 hours a day. So how, how are you getting feedback from the folks who are working for you? And how what are you hearing from the industry on that? I, you're absolutely right. I think, aside from what we've already talked about, one of the things that we really try to focus on um, in making those long hours not continue to stretch out through the evening and into days off is we really try to establish boundaries of communication. I mentioned earlier that we try as a team to be sure that we are not bugging for lack of a better term, our coworkers who are off or on their days off. And that's, that's one thing. Another is that we have a no texting policy with our clients. So clients do not have our personal cell phones and they are communicated with via a phone call from our main office line or through email from our business emails. And we have created that expectation that we we don't receive texts. You're not going to hear directly from a doctor, you know, with instant gratification. And, um, and and that's just been huge because we want to help. We are by nature fixers. And so if a message comes in and you see it, you're going to want to respond because it feels like you're doing the horse a disservice and the client a disservice by not. So we just cut it off at the pass and we just don't even allow those communications um, to, to come into the personal phones so that when the day is over, um, aside from finishing up records and things like that, the day is over. And that's 
made a huge difference. And that is a, that goes into your practice culture. And I know that that is really hard for a lot of practices that are, are trying to train their owners, if you will, their clients on um, how to work with you. So what, what did you all do to try and help your owners understand how your practice works? And if you've been with Dr. Brown and the next day you might see someone different for that same horse in that same case. Right. We are very specific about giving the, not just the impression, but, but actually living by our words that the clients are Starwood Equine clients. They are not Dr. Zaytunian's clients or Dr. Wright's clients or Dr. Matheny's. So they know that we talk behind the scenes and they know that we are all up to speed on each other's cases. And it's simple things like when you show up to an appointment, you've read the medical record and reviewed some of the history and can say, I know that when Dr. X was out here last time, she talked to you about this. How has that been going? So even though it's maybe somebody different that they're seeing, it's a simple step of sharing with them that you've reviewed the history and you're up to speed on what was previously talked about. That can make a huge difference. Um, One of the other ways that we have um, approached the perceived problem, maybe because I'm sure people listening to this are thinking, I've got my own client list. How does that even work? There's no way my clients would go for seeing somebody else. Um, we, we make sure to give them options when they call the office. The office will say, is there a preferred doctor whose schedule you'd like me to look at or a day that is most you know, opportune for you? They're given the option and they get to choose what is the priority for them. But if you read between the lines, we're making it clear that you might not get both. If we can make it happen that you see this doctor on that day, we will. But that's that's not um, that's not set in stone, and we don't create that expectation for people because they do need to be um, open to seeing multiple doctors because it's potentially going to be you know a doctor that they've never met on emergency, um, and that's that's how we operate. And that is really hard because, you know, the veterinarians to date have a client list and they have been expected to show up 24-7-365 to service that horse or those horses for that client. When you have uh, owners coming into you, do you find any pushback on that? Or once it's explained, do you find that it works pretty well for them? We've certainly found it works pretty well. Uh, On occasion, we have had pushback and, you know, I just clearly explain that we are a team and our practice model supports us providing top-notch care for our clients while also honoring that our veterinarians do need time off and are not always going to be available. And I openly explain without judgment to owners as they're coming on board that, you know, if they are an individual who really feels strongly about only seeing one person and having an established relationship with only one veterinarian, 
then we are not the practice for them. Well, that, that's a good point to make. And, I, and that's, and I hate to say it, but that's brave because that's a change from what clients have expected over the, the decades. It is a change. I, I do, you know, there are the occasional individuals who say, thank you so much for explaining that to me. I do think I'm going to look elsewhere and because they feel strongly about it. Many others, though, the majority say, wow, it's fantastic that you are putting a priority on taking care of your doctors. We value them so much. We've seen the news articles about burnout, and we appreciate that you're taking the steps to prevent that from happening. You know, they want people to show up fresh, ready to go, energetic about their job, and uh, really passionate about providing great care to their horse. What better way to do that than by creating a business model that supports balance in the doctor's lives? That's that's perfect. And that's the message I think that needs to get out to, to more clients and, and maybe even more practices. But speaking of your practice, what else in your practice culture do you think might be a little different or has helped make you successful with this kind of alternative uh, practice for your vets? I think one of the other very small changes in my mind and in our this practice that might seem out of this world to other clinics is that we we try to create you you know you asked earlier well what does the workday look like how how many hours are they working um you know standard 7 to 8 hours but there's also autonomy and flexibility in the doctor's schedules so um as an example we have a veterinarian who does um triathlons and she likes to work out in the morning if she doesn't do it in the morning she finishes her day she's tired she doesn't want to go out so she will sometimes set her day to start a little bit later so that she can get a longer run or a longer bike ride in in the morning. Um, And as long as the office team knows about that in advance and can schedule her accordingly, then she has the autonomy to decide that she's going to start her day a little bit later and work a little bit longer into the evening. Another veterinarian has um, children and has child care and pickup. And there are times where she needs to start early so that she can finish early and get to, you know, an event at school. We allow that to happen. There's, in my mind, no reason why work has to happen between nine and five if it doesn't suit the needs of the veterinarian working. And if they're still providing that high level of service and um, the office team is set up for success in scheduling and not having to reschedule, then um, there's a lot of autonomy in that sense, which I think has been quite helpful. Another thing that we do that I think allows the so excuse me, the associates to feel like they are decision makers and have control over some of their caseload and, and work is we have candid conversations about clients and about patients. And, you know, if somebody feels concerned about 
the lack of compliance from a client, if they're uncomfortable with the barn or the working facilities and have concerns over safety, we discuss it and no one is forced to work in a particular situation where they're uncomfortable. And that goes right back to those physical demands and the safety concerns. Um, I know when I started out, I just felt like I needed to say yes to everything. And if that, you know, half feral horse needed to get vaccinated, I was going to be there till that horse got vaccinated. We just don't, we just don't do that. Um, if it doesn't feel right, if they need to go to a trainer for a couple months before we can get back out there and vaccinate, we, everyone, not just myself as the owner, but all of the doctors and even the technicians have the ability to say, this is not a good situation. We need to regroup on this um, for, for mental and physical safety. Yeah, that's great. And is there anything else that you can think of that that you think maybe has sparked the success in your particular situation or that you would maybe offer as advice to other practices or even individual practitioners who are looking for an alternative to having to be on call 24-7, 365? I think the biggest piece of advice I would have is, you know, don't rule anything out as a possibility. If there is a particular schedule or setup that you would like, work through the financials and figure out, you know, how that would look and ways that you could go about making it happen. Um, every single one of my employees, and especially those that work on a little bit of a, a different type of schedule, um, it all started with just a conversation of this is really what I'd like to do and what I'd like my my work life to look like at Starwood Equine. And then I went to the spreadsheets and, you know, was able to go back to them and say, well, then this is this is how we're going to make that happen. Um, so the sky really is the limit. It's just a matter of being a little bit creative with um, scheduling and the financials financials that go into those alternative schedules. Well, I, I love the fact that you have not only made it work for the human side, but for the business side as well. Absolutely. There's, you know, no reason that these alternative schedules or shorter work weeks can't be mutually beneficial for the associates and for the practice owners. And I can tell you, you know, we do just as well as a practice that's, you know, burning out their associates working six or seven days a week. And we're a lot happier for it and don't have the retention issues that I suspect some of those practices are already having and, and will continue to have given the economy and given the, the lessening numbers of new associates coming into the equine world. Well, and, and on that happy note, I am going to thank you for joining us today on the Business of Practice podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit. 
We invite our listeners to go to equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network, such as iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, to hear each episode of The Business of Practice. Make sure to follow and rate this podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear, send me an email to kbrown, that's the letter K Brown, at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. Mm-hmm.